Uh, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Hello Mentor Podcast. Uh, today is a bit of a unique one. Uh, sometime in April, uh, we had a Facebook live session called Finding Your Way in an Uncertain Job Market. And the event was meant to help a lot of job seekers try to navigate such uh, these uncertain times, right? The economy is like not doing well. So whether if you're in an industry that's very negatively impacted and you're worried about whether it's going to be easy for you to find a job and how, or you're a fresh graduate about to enter the job market such an uncertain time, we actually assembled a panel uh, to discuss this, uh, a lot of these questions live. And um, we thought the answers were really good. So we decided to compile it into a Hello Mentor episode. Uh, with me uh, on that day was uh, Dawn Singh. Uh, she's the head of uh, Elite and Premier Academy at AIA. Uh, we had Siumi, who was uh, Managing Director at 2X. And we have uh, Dato Ng Wan Ping, who is the Chief Operating Officer at MDEC. Uh, and so with that, uh, Let's start the podcast and I hope you find something useful. Uh, so with us today, in, in no particular order, uh, I have Don from AIA, I have Dato Ng from MDAC, and uh, I have Siumi from 2X. And uh, perhaps uh, you can all introduce yourself quickly, uh, one by one. Perhaps you can start with Don. Okay, thanks, Derek. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Don from uh, AIA. I'm currently taking care of uh, the... Uh, Agency Training Department, as well as the Quality Recruitment Department of AIA. Or some of you may be familiar with uh, the name of our Elite Academy, which is one of our talent programs that uh, scouting talent to join as our uh, agency force. So I'm taking care of these two. So been in training as well as uh, people development for the past uh, 15 years. And uh, so... Uh, for the past one and a half year, have been really focused into recruiting talent into the team and transforming this uh, agency force into a professional workforce. Aim to serve uh, more Malaysians, partnering them to live a healthier, longer, better life. So uh, this is Don. Hi. Thank you, Don. Perhaps Dr. Ng, you'd like to go next? Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks, Derek. Um, I'm the Chief Operating Officer of uh, MDEC, Malaysia Digital Economy Corporation, government-owned company responsible to drive digital initiative in the country. Um, during this time and uh, in the foreseeable future, we see that uh, understanding job market is really key for everybody, like what was mentioned by Derek. And uh, we definitely uh, want to pay more attention on what we can do to, to help everyone and also how the country, when I say everyone means uh, to keep your job uh, and if there's any opportunity to even uh, do better. And of course, for the country, it's about driving more investment and create job opportunities. That also means that we need everybody's support to make this happen. When I say everything digital, uh, actually cover very broad. It's not just ICT industry. Obviously, that is something that we have been doing for years, but also looking at the user of ICT and how we can bring this to the public, to the traditional business. So we'll, I'll take this opportunity to share more later when we go into the Q&A. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Dr. Siumi, perhaps you'd like to go next. Sure. Thanks, Derek. Uh, so hi, hi, I'm Siumi. I'm the Managing Director of 2X. Uh, 2X is found, was founded in 2017 by three former B2B marketing CMOs. Um, we are unique in the sense that we are a marketing operations agency. 
located in Taman Tun Dr. Ismail, but our market is actually towards the US. So a lot of the things that we do is delivered towards the US market. Um, we work with very large enterprise level companies. Um, some of them, um, you know, if you're not from a B2B background, you may not know. Uh, so a lot of things that we do is we run operations on their clients' behalf. Um, uh, unlike agencies where you do largely projects or branding projects or advertising projects, we do end-to-end. And our engagement is typically year-long contracts um, instead of a few months of campaigns running for the clients. So with that, there's more stability, there's more predictability in our business. And we invest a lot in our talent. Um, People are very important to us. We are a people-centric kind of business. Um, And I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. So thanks everyone for uh, being here. So the first, the first question I want to ask, and I think it's a very, very important one, is about the, the entire situation with like COVID nineteen and how it's affecting like different industries. So um, perhaps it'd be very useful to help us understand how the whole COVID nineteen situation has, has actually impacted the industry that your organization um, is operating in. And then, so on one level, is industry level. And then the second level, specifically your company, right? How has it impacted your company? Uh, and one thing I also want to highlight, uh, interestingly, is we actually have a representative from like different industries. So, so Don is, uh, of course, with AI, it's obviously from the financial services sector. Uh, Sumi represents like the creative marketing space at the moment. Uh, and uh, Dr. Ng uh, from MDEC would represent uh, you know, uh, the, the tech space, uh, right? Or what's going on in the tech space. So it's going to have a diversity of like um, uh, perspective. So perhaps, uh, Sumi, may you like to go first in terms of how it's affected your industry and how it's affected 2X specifically? So 2X operates in a business-to-business technology industry. Our clients are either software or technology companies or companies that provide technology consultancy. Um, Generally, B2B tech is more resilient in that economy than other industries, mainly because the industry is um, dealing with products and services that either help businesses save money, increase efficiency and productivity, and in an uncertain time like a pandemic or recession, uh, these products and services would be what businesses will look to buy to maintain competitiveness and save money. So the pandemic is impacting the business-to-business tech industry in very interesting ways, uh, where we are seeing some contraction, uh, but we are also seeing certain um, demand for digital consulting and software, um, because right now everybody's working from home. um, And video conferencing companies like Zoom or WebEx is seeing a huge explosion of demand for their products. Likewise, there is a higher demand for other technology tools and services to make sure that the workforce that's now working remotely can do so with high efficiency. So companies will be investing more in better collaboration tools and document sharing software, as well as cybersecurity. And all of these are actually in the B2B tech industry, which 2X is operating. Um, So we haven't seen big negative impact to our business, largely because we have large clients that are very stable and are able to continue to operate in the current climate. Um, They will most definitely be able to weather through this period. 
we have seen some smaller clients proactively implementing some austerity measures. Um, but for us, sales is still happening. Uh, we expect to win a few more clients this quarter. We believe the remainder of the year will be flat um, as the economy recovers in 2021. Uh, however, uh, since we had such a strong first half of the year, we are um, is, is in a very good position to weather um, what's happening right now. Okay, thank, thank you, Sumi. Uh, perhaps, uh, Dato Ng, you'd like to comment on this question as well. Thank you. Uh, it's interesting that Sumi has already touched on the tech a bit. Just now you mentioned uh, tech, I would like to say that for MDEC as a government agency, our focus is on digital tech. And there's both supply and demand side. From a supply side point, it means the ICT or digital supplier, solution supplier. We can see that they are impacted positively because of this COVID-19, because the rate of people going digital current digitalization actually has accelerated. So as a result of that, you can see that the demand for such service in, and directly impacting the people who are servicing in this sector has uh, improved. So people are looking more and more for this. If you look at the emerging job markets that just been released by LinkedIn, the top 10 jobs, you can see that majority of those are actually digital tech jobs. So in, in, in terms of impacting that part, yes, it's impacting positively. And uh, it's, it's a good time for, for let's say, fresh grad to start picking up uh, the skill set in this particular area. So when people talk about tech jobs, they may think that it's just meant for computer science graduate or engineering. That's not, not necessarily the case. You look at the data analytics or like, let's say, digital marketing. Obviously, you need to know how to use this tool, but you're not necessary to be a graduate of such a discipline in order for, for, for you to be able to, to be involved in these jobs. Now, the, now, go to the demand side of it. We also see that because we also uh, pay close attention to this. Um, demand side, we deal mostly for the e-commerce community. Uh, from this uh, COVID-19, we see very clearly that e-commerce is picking up very rapidly. That also means that if uh, the job in this sector will also uh, be impacted positively. The support services to this, uh, let's say e-commerce supply chain, we talk about payment, logistic, and e-marketplaces. And uh, during this MCO, we see the logistic, especially those who has the online platform, the, their presence has actually increased, improved. That means job opportunity is there. However, those who are not already on digital, they're actually impacted very badly. Yeah, and as far as MDEC is concerned, as government agency, obviously, our, we, uh, we, we will have our staff welfare uh, as, as top priority as well. And, and what we are doing is looking at how best to utilize the, the staff that we have in order to, to do our job more effectively. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Yes, Don, if you'd like to comment on the question also. Um, okay, life insurance, uh, AI is a life, as a life insurance company, we are having both conventional life insurance business as well as uh, the Takafu insurance, okay? Takafu business. So um, our nature is, is not tech, it's not, uh, or, uh, life insurance per se, it is a pretty, pretty old industry. It has mm -hmm. more than a hundred year histories already. 
And in the entire financial uh, uh, cycle, life insurance is actually parked under that risk management part. So therefore, uh, be it, uh, with the pandemic or without the pandemic, I think risk does exist. And with the COVID situation, actually people has become a little bit more uh, risk sensitive. So uh, in fact, earlier before, but uh, how, how has this situation impacted our business? I gotta be very frank, I had to split it before MC, uh, the lockdown, the, the MCO. And uh, during the MCO, which is now we all are sitting at our house and uh, doing this. Okay, um, prior than that, I think business as usual. In fact, people become more sensitive about that. Yeah, they take out all their life insurance policy to make sure that they are well covered. Just in case anything happened to me or anything happened to my business, at least um, my risks are properly managed, okay? So, but uh, we did have a little bit of hiccup in the moment our government announced that there is a uh, movement restriction, okay? So everybody was ordered to work from home and uh, life insurance per se, we are still pretty much depends on uh, human touch. The hmm. so AIA is very highly enabled by technology, but uh, because of our regulators' uh, rulings and all this, we still need that last part of human touch. We still need our customer to sign. Uh, even though it's an easy nature on uh, iPad, this is how our life, uh, our agent run business now. So uh, the moment when uh, no movement, which means business will be impacted. But within that a week to less than two weeks time, the company have managed to find out an uh, alternative solution that enable our uh, agents to continue to see the customer and sign policy without having an actual face-to-face. From then, then we see our business started uh, picking up uh, again. In fact, this is not just uh, happening to uh, AIA Malaysia. For the larger uh, AIAs uh, in the uh, Asia-Pac uh, region, we actually observed a similar pattern. It was a little bit hiccup in the beginning. Once we managed to find an alternative uh, with the uh, digitals, uh, digitalizations and technology enhancement, business started to pick up. And... Uh, there is a very interesting observation in AIA China because uh, they, they experienced this earlier than us. Their recruitment number of their new agent actually shoot up uh, two times. It grew double fold during this uh, COVID time. So we actually uh, learned from China that people see this as a, they see threats in their current job or they see this as a good opportunity for them to start a business yeah, in uh, financial planning. Uh, or in uh, life insurance. So this is uh, our observation. So I must say that um, for an industry like us, the ability to bounce back and quickly uh, adopt and adapt into a new ways of working is uh, crucial. It's crucial for us to uh, stay through these uh, uncertainties, this very uncertain period. Yeah. Thank you, Don. It's so interesting when I actually... Um, uh, some of the, the answers because as you can see, so we have uh, Sumi from 2X and Dr. Um from MDEC, right? So talking a lot about technology and digitization. And it's very obvious that not only has this space not been impacted that much, but it might even be growing, you know, because of a very strong push from, well, the need for a lot of companies to kind of switch and then become more digital. And you can actually hear that story directly from Don herself in terms of AIA, right? Which is like the, so, so basically AIA is a very stable, big industry, right? Financial services is huge. Life insurance is a big space. In fact, uh, logically speaking, like, like you said, like when people are worried about the pandemic and their health, right? The, 
the demand for people to feel like their risk is managed is higher. But operationally, uh, operation as a company, it did sound like they had to adapt quite quickly, right? In a few weeks, because like the whole comp the whole country went into shutdown, and they adapted by digitizing parts of their process in order to still be able to function. So there are lots of industries out there. So the, the, the very obvious ones that I find that will probably continue to do well are those that are already digitized, if you like, or, or they're serving companies that are very digital or thrive in this space. Uh, the, other, the other kind I imagine would be companies that are, uh, are uh, they actually serve a, a, a fundamental need, like, uh, like a need that will always be there. You know, so like the business will never go away, but some of them are maybe perhaps going through a short-term thing where they have to transform very quickly. But from a stability point of view, there is no issue at all, right? Like even like, like a huge company like AIA. In fact, it sounds like because some people either already lost their job or a threat of losing jobs, they're switching to become a financial planner, right? So, so to kind of make sure that, you know, I've got income, I can also... Uh, do this uh, and and um, and still make money, lah, right? In in this kind of climate, so so that that is uh, that is quite interesting. Um, so from uh, from your point of view, right? So you're you're obviously operating in a space that is um, uh, stable and doing well. What are the industries that you think are negatively impacted? You know that, and because they're negatively impacted, they'll be hiring less people. Some of them might be freezing hiring. Uh, in fact, I, I want to kind of think in terms of like the kind of um, the kind of impact that no one's quite sure how long it will last and how big the impact is. You know, and certainly industries where if you're looking at it from a job seeker, you might have to you know examine like how how long term you want to focus on this industry. Yeah. If you look at this, I think there are immediate, medium and long-term impact that this COVID is going to bring to the job market. Uh, immediate, we can see already due to the MCO. So tourism, transportation, aviation, F&B are all impacted quite badly. And this is not going to recover very soon, even though after uh, this MCO, the social distancing will continue to happen. And other industries that are impactly quite negatively will be the retail business, especially those offline retail. Currently, uh, apart from essential goods, most of the, the shops are, are closed. And cons consumer behavior will change as well. So if, let's say, the retail uh, sector are not moving online as soon as they can, this uh, impact will, is going to be long-term. And people who are, let's say, in the events, exhibition, you move on, if you, when you move online, of course, you can still conduct you know, events online, but a lot of people are depending on the offline. And uh, the job market uh, report just now, I, I mentioned that one of this is actually talking about construction, but that is also a question mark. Like in China, we can see that uh, when, when they come back, uh, they're going to push infrastructure work. But, uh, but all depending on the, the, the how, how soon the external factor other countries are doing as well. And another sector that I, I can see because people around me are experiencing it uh, in manufacturing. Those who are in the manufacturing, with the exception of those who are, let's say, in the, in the medical supply and all, they are okay. But... Uh, 
many other manufacturing they are slowly uh, 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 right sizing their, their 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 operation now. So I can see that um, these are the 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 negatively impact one. I'm not sure whether you want to be talk about positive because I, I talk a little bit about the ICT and I think that is definitely going to 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 improve. We see the Kager rate from 2019 to 2023 will be about 8.9%. So so that is actually very high uh, when it comes to the job. And uh, since we are also driving investment into the country, so we are talking to existing investors as well as uh, uh, foreign investors. Uh, new investors, they they still interest to come to Malaysia. Uh, it's also uh, partly due to Malaysia's readiness. Even during the MCO, you can see that comparing Malaysia to other competing uh, nation, we actually are more ready to work from home. Or, uh, even when during, let's say, we move to a partial uh, lockdown situation because of a better uh, quality of infrastructure compared to other countries uh, that is in the. Uh, business outsourcing, business process outsourcing. We see uh, inquiries actually coming to, can they move some of the job into Malaysia? And in the past few uh, years, I'd say that we have been building our capacity and capability in data analytics, in cybersecurity and all. Now we see inquiries talking about, can we move the jobs in other countries to Malaysia? So I would say it's entirely silver lining, but at least there are some upside for Malaysia, but that also means that we need to be ready because there's no point of saying that we can do this and we are not preparing ourselves to, to face this uh, situation. Thank you, Dr. So it, it, it sounds like also uh, one, one small point to note, and, and you mentioned it's also, yeah, Malaysia actually has very good infrastructure and, and a lot of people don't really realize that because it, it's like, um, how do I, I say this quite a lot, like people don't notice things that they've had all along you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of, kind of taken for granted. But we do have pretty decent infrastructure. It's also a reason why a lot of companies can try to digitize so quickly. Um, so that's really good. Uh, so yeah, so the, so the question is, uh, what industries are negatively impacted and therefore hiring less people or maybe perhaps freezing hiring in your opinion? Like, so perhaps like Don, you can uh, comment on this question as well. I think uh, Dr. Ng has pretty much covered most of the industry which is uh, uh, having uh, being in negatively impacted. I think the first one would be uh, traveling airlines. That is the, the, the quickest that we see that people start to uh, asking people to take no pay leave or laying off people. Um, another, another one would be servicing or leisure that uh, these are due to these uh, movement controls. Everything's are closing down. I think these are pretty... Uh, pretty obvious. Just another thought on manufacturing. It depends on whether it is just a uh, temporary uh, heat Then later on, they could have been, I was thinking it could be a situation that they need to hire more workers to cover back whatever uh, backlog that they have in come to producing uh, uh, their goods. That is a possibility there, but it depends on which, which line are you in because to a greater uh, the economic cycle out there, we need to see that what others are in still in high demand, okay? I think that is also beyond uh, medical or pharmaceutical. There are many others, yeah. But another, another industry that may be badly impacted, it could be uh, transportation, yes, uh, car dealership, car sales. 
So we see that drop in uh, overseas. We, we don't know about Malaysia situation uh, just yet. So I think that might be uh, impacted uh, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, uh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I, I actually you brought up a very important point in that um, in, in this moment, because we all, like, this is MCO happening right now and you know, people can't actually go into the office into work. A lot of businesses can't operate. And therefore, uh, when we are trying to judge whether an industry will do well or not, it's important to distinguish between what is short-term and what is long-term, right? So are, are they, is, the, is the business or industry kind of struggling because things are shut down at the moment? Uh, and, and we all know that it will be lifted, right? So once it's lifted, then what will happen? Perhaps those industries might do well in some situations. It's just the shutdown that's have, affecting them temporarily. Uh, it's very good point because I also know a lot of um, uh, companies or businesses who at the moment they are under a lot of pressure in terms of cash, but they're actually very good businesses. You know, I actually, I actually strongly believe that once the MCO ends and things kind of get back to normal, they will grow and they will thrive again. So as a, I, I believe so as a job seeker, when you're actually looking at making these decisions, just be able to distinguish between is this like a short-term thing or like a, a long-term thing? If it's a long-term thing, then you might want to rethink, should I really go into this? You know, are there any reasons why this company might not be affected by this potential long-term problem? Um, or if it's a short-term thing, then, you know, um, then it may not be a big issue, right? You shouldn't worry too much and you can probably still work in a company like this. The, the rest of the panel has uh, mentioned quite a lot of the industries that is negatively impacted. And, you know, Travel, transportation industry, um, logistics, they are all uh, not running as optimally as, as pre-MCO. So therefore, the, the oil and gas industry is also impacted. Uh, but the oil and gas industry has been largely impacted by the, the oil war, trade war that, that happened mm-hmm. prior to, to MCO in Malaysia or in most part of the world. Um, and I think right now, what would drive uh, certain need for um, advice or consultancy would be um, people seeking out advice on how to overcome the challenges in supply chain. Um, you know, the supply chain is um, heavily reliant on transportation, um, planes, trains, and, and trucks. Uh, if they are either going out of business or they are not uh, able to, to, to take in the, the, the volume that is required to go back to normal, there needs to be a tweak in the supply chain. How do you do business in supply chain? And supply chain is a very complex um, ecosystem. So people are going to look up for supply chain experts to ask them to you know, help us restructure or uh, uh, redesign our supply chain operations. So that can see some uptake on that one. Um, yeah, pharmaceutical um, people in IT jobs are probably going to see some some demand. But what sort of IT jobs? That's that's the other thing. And to your com- um to your comment, Derek, um, you 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 foresee that uh, once the MCO is lifted, uh, we will see the all the good businesses come back and bounce back. I think it's a matter of how much savings they have to weather the 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 hardest part of um, this MCO. Um, some businesses, even good businesses, they go out. And um, I foresee that there would be some mergers and acquisitions happening in the future because good companies are going to go cheap and big companies with deep pockets will probably buy them. 
and make them part of their ecosystem. So yeah, you can probably guess who, who I'm talking about, but that's probably not really <laughs> directed to the question that you're asking me, but there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Simi. Uh, I will comment on that uh, quite briefly. Uh, you're right. I, I actually think that um, there are lots of good businesses that because they're under pressure for cash, you know, might actually not be able to operate anymore, which is a shame. Uh, and, um, and also in times like this, right, in like a recession and, and all that, it's uh, mergers and acquisitions do happen and it is very common, right? So, and, and, I, and I have a lot of friends out there who run their own startups and SMEs. I can actually feel their pain and um, I actually know that, you know, the reason why they don't have huge cash reserves is because they're too small, right? They haven't had the time to accumulate that kind of cash reserve. So one, two months of not having any business is a big hit, right? When they're perfectly, legitimately, very, very good businesses, if it wasn't for this situation. Because most of their operations actually run um, yeah, based on revenue. Like they need revenue to run. So yeah, so there are lots of businesses out there who are in good industries, but might, because of the temporary blip, might be affected now. So yeah, so we won't go into too much detail, but let's see what happens after this. Uh. So yes, Brian, so do you have a question from the public that you want to uh, ask? Uh, yes, um, this is to Siumi from 2X specifically. Um, a viewer has asked, can you share on what is the current situation for the marketing industry, especially for digital marketing services? Um, will we be seeing a surge in demand for positions like, or rather candidates to fill these positions? Um, I would say that for Malaysia, uh, so again, 2X doesn't, doesn't sell or operate um, client, uh, service clients in, in Malaysia or Asia Pacific. Uh, our, all our clients are actually in the US. So um, for, for a long time now, um, the agencies in Malaysia, the local agencies have, have um, consolidated because um, they have lost a lot of their businesses. So they had to come together and, and consolidate. Uh, and it has been quite tough um, for, for them in this market. Um, so uh, I'm not going to talk about that because I'm not in that market, although I'm in Malaysia. Uh, but the, 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 the market in the US um, is very interesting, is very vibrant before COVID. Um, and right now, even with COVID, is, is actually still, still good, mostly because our business model is very unique compared to other agencies or other way of delivering marketing. So to understand it a bit better is that, okay, um, we offer a very attractive uh, pricing model where the quality of the work is on par or sometimes even better than what you can find with agencies in the US, but you pay much less for the services. So that makes it very attractive for any company in the US to try to deliver more marketing because it's very competitive market and also try to uh, start new expertise or start new function in the, uh, that they don't have. Uh, so when you engage with us, you immediately have that functionality and immediately can go to market. So that gives you that competitive advantage. So because of that, 2X is still hiring. So we are, you can see that we are quite niche that way. Uh, I, I would not say that we represent um, all of marketing uh, or marketing agencies uh, in Malaysia or in the US. So that is probably the reason why we're still hiring and doing well. Okay, thank you, Sumi. Uh, before we go to the uh, next public question, I want, I want to just 
ask this question first, but I think it's quite an important one. So um, how has the, the situation changed in terms of the type of talent that your organization is currently recruiting for? I mean, in light of the, you know, the whole COVID-19 situation, right? So, so how, how has this whole situation changed the type of talent that your organization is recruiting for? Or has it not changed it? Or, or perhaps, um, or do you foresee any potential changes in future, right? Specifically to your organization. And then the reason I'm asking this question, I think, is to also help uh, a lot of our the, the audience actually understand what's coming, like what, what might be a bit more in demand so they can prepare for that. Uh, perhaps, uh, Don, you'd like to take this question first? Okay, I think the base skill uh, it hasn't changed. It's still the same thing because we are doing financial planning. So the fundamental knowledge of financial financial plannings and all this still, still remain the same. But I think from the uh, from the the other perspective, it's speaking of uh, uh, the ability of a person to to adapt faster, um, uh, resilience and uh, uh, agility. I think this will be uh, become ever more important because for the past two weeks, when we go through uh, rapid changes, we basically fast forward everything. And we can see that we need uh, a new generations of people who work with us that can uh, entertain the idea of change very fast. They can put themselves even uh, is during the, the uh, rapid changes environment, they will still feel at ease. They can pick up and able to entertain new idea quick. Um, that will be on top of what we uh, normally ask for. That's become very important to us. Yeah. Thank you, Don. Dr. Ng, like to comment on this question? Yeah, I, I agree with, with Don. See, the, every, every company is different. The, but I believe the employer will be looking for people who are adaptable, who can be reskilled, and is uh, versatile in uh, in in uh, re uh, reacting to the demand, because regardless of what business you are in, including even the, like like in the, and the, as an as an agency, we need to be able to respond to the changes very fast. That means someone who is working in, in task A, if I need you to work uh, uh, on task B, uh, I would like the, the the staff to be able to do that. So similarly for, for, for any other industry as well. So someone who is prepared with that, with the right mindset, with the right mentality, um, I think can, can thrive in, in this uh, situation. Whereas for people who, let's say, learn something in university and insist that this is the only thing I can do and I won't do anything else, I think they may face difficulty because I, 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 moving forward, uh, I won't say it's employee market, employer market, but only people who are in because company they, they need to 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 plan their 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 cash flow more more carefully. So certain jobs, okay, this is if let's say you're working as a full time, but I also see that uh, gig economy is a term that we all know. Freelancer, you, you like it or not, will become a, a mainstream moving forward. Company may want to have some of the work to be done by people outside so that they don't have to carry the overhead. So this will happen, I believe. And, and, but that's not necessarily, it's not a, a good or bad thing. It's just a, a, a situation that we see will happen. So for the freelancer themselves, then they have to change their mindset as well on how do I 
um, um, adapt to this kind of environment. We run a program called Glow. I will tell you very, very simply. For those who are disciplined and who want to do this, they actually earn much more than someone who works full-time. But those who wait for someone to come to, to give them something and push them to do certain things, they are not doing as well as the, the, the first group. I, I see that if this, this situation is pushing some of these things that we, are, that we have been experiencing uh, faster to happen than what we anticipated, like let's say last year. Thank you, Datung. Sumi, you have to comment on this. Yeah, uh, so I think there, there will be more job seekers in the market as a result of the pandemic uh, and the recession that follows the pandemic. Because of that, we, um, in general, employers will be more selective about the type of talent that we hire. For example, um, this is very common in, in interviews uh, where I am the interviewer, where candidates say they are very passionate about digital marketing, uh, they were passionate about B2B marketing and that's why they want to join 2X. Um, but then I asked, uh, so what do you know about digital marketing or what do you know about B2B marketing and how is that different from B2C marketing? I generally do not get a good answer. So, uh, so I'm, I'm looking more for action rather than just words to go with that passion label. Um, so, and, and this is probably a good time to like um, give something out to, to the public uh, and job seekers. Uh, so to help people get to know what is the difference between B2B marketing and digital marketing and traditional marketing, um, we launched a new uh, job seekers resource page on our website last week. Uh, on this web page, we listed out all the free digital marketing courses that people can take to better prepare themselves for a career in digital marketing or B2B marketing. And no matter you know, uh, if you end up working with 2X or not, so um, we, we created this, uh, we also on the same page, we also created this special 2X fast track interview where if you complete three out of four courses that we listed, you stand to earn the chance to get an interview with us. So uh, that is for us to like, okay, you, you say you're passionate about digital marketing. We are also looking for people. Um, maybe you can do everybody, um, uh, do yourself a, a favor and then do us a favor by uh, really preparing better uh, for the interview. Uh, and because the, the interviewers for this fast track is going to be myself, um, the, the other senior directors uh, in the company. So we, we're very much looking forward for, for candidates who are you know, passionate and, and then really doing something about it. I, I really like that. Like, see me, like, what, what, if someone's looking for that page, like where, how do they find it? How do uh, the so digital it, marketing courses? Yeah, so it is, it is at 2x.marketing slash career slash resources. So there's two sections. One is the interview, uh, which is the fast track. The other one is a page where we list, out, we list out all the free courses that we ourselves are doing. If you join 2x, it's part of our onboarding. Uh, if you join 2x, that's part of our um, uh, 2x certification program. But uh, of course, when you join 2x, there's much more that goes on than just the free courses. Um, but you know it's free. There's 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 a good place to start, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Simat. I think I think that's genius, by the way, <laughs> in a sense where you know, uh, and it's something that's commonly practiced by a lot of like uh, internet-based marketing yeah. businesses. In a sense where you give value, and you know, it's like you put it up there. It's not. It's going to take yeah. a lot of time, and people access it right. for free. And if they do it, they kind of 
you kind of pre-screen them already like, that they yes. are they are genuinely you know like they have right. the right mentality for this yeah so it's a win-win and um yeah my team put together really quickly and i told them i'm going to talk about it at a direct session so maybe traffic will increase so better better prepare and test properly nah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that Jimmy. <laughs> I also want to comment on something that Sumi just mentioned about how a lot of job seekers like to use the word passion. So I, I do believe in that passion is very important, but the issue is it's just overused uh, now and, and people don't fully understand what it means. So, you know, so, do, so if you are a job seeker listening to this, that's one very strong kind of, not just, interne- not just interview advice, but also career advice. Like don't, don't take the word passion lightly. It's not just something that you kind of like. And a lot of interviewers now, I've heard it so many times that they're going to be like, see me, you know, like, can you back it up with something real when you say that you're passionate? Because you can walk to me and say, I'm very passionate about digital marketing. And then you can walk to say AIA and say, I'm very passionate about, you know, financial services. But the only way they know whether you, you mean it or not is by actually looking at what you've done, right? So like if you, if you can say, oh, I, I, I love digital marketing, here, look at the, um, I, 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 I did this course by myself or look, I set up like a Facebook page by myself and I did this and people can see that you've done that. Or let's say if you want to be a financial planner, you know, or look, I've read these books by myself about sales. I, I, I really enjoy this. You know, I, I read these uh, materials about what it means to be a financial planner and I can explain. My, so the, when the in, interviewer hears you, like they, they know that you mean it, right? Rather than you're just like doing, saying this for the interview. So it's a very important thing. Like, so back up what you say when you say the word passion. Um, so, uh, so maybe you take another question from the public. Uh, Brian, I, I think you wanted to ask a question earlier. Uh, yeah, this is closely related to um, you know, people switching their career paths. Um, specifically, two person that asked this is someone that uh, was from a customer service background, wanted to switch to digital marketing, and another from banking and finance wanted to go for more of the analytics side, like data analytics. Uh, you know, project analysis. Um, well, their question is more or less um, because they are still being approached by employers by their based on their previous experience. They want to look forward to changing their new career path, but employers are still reaching out to them based on their previous experience. So uh, do you have any advice on people thinking about career change right now? Um, you know, if they shouldn't pursue it and if they should, how do they how can they market themselves better to look more hireable to employers? Thank you. Um, perhaps Dato would like to try this question. All right. So I will touch on the data scientist portion. Uh, this uh, data analytics, sorry, data analytics, not just data scientists, but uh, from a uh, uh, data uh, profession, there are a, a number of jobs that people are looking at. Uh, started with uh, starting with uh, data scientists all the way to data engineer and data model. So if let's say if you're in banking and you're interested to go into that, um, my observation is uh, is is a job in in very much in demand. Uh, we have worked with uh, a few banks before and uh, almost every every financial institution is looking for people who has the, um, not just an interest, I would just talk about it, it's not just you're interested, but you need to come ready with certain uh, skill set that allow you to, to pursue this career. The good thing is that there are many, many training uh, available, either free or some paid uh, training that you can pick up uh, what data analytics is about. Uh, 
And if you already have a, a good experience in, in banking, uh, that will put you on a very right, uh, a very good position for you to, to uh, build up your skills in data analytics for financial services. Almost every financial institution is looking at hiring someone with that kind of a combined experience. Uh, but you need to get yourself ready for that. And Thank obviously you. digital marketing, uh, thinks you me is a better person to, to, to advise you, but I can tell you that it's also one of the top 10 uh, jobs that is now uh, in demand. Uh, now we are driving many industries to go digital and digital marketing is definitely one key area because you cannot go digital and do not know how to use digital marketing to help promoting uh, your, your business, your services. And, but how to do it right, not everybody know about it. And I always believe that if you already have the domain knowledge for you to move digital, it's not rocket science, but you need to know how to do it differently, but you already have the domain expertise. That makes it easier for compared to someone who have zero knowledge about this domain. That's my, my, my feedback. Thank you, Datum. Uh, uh, and because the question did specifically mention digital marketing, perhaps Yumi, you can also take it first. I think the, um, the easiest way you can market yourself if you're switching from an industry that is not digital marketing to an industry that's digital marketing, start with your LinkedIn profile, right? Your LinkedIn profile is like your face into the job market. Um, make sure that you have um, a good description that talks about your new career aspiration. Uh, in a way that attracts recruiters. Recruiters are looking for people. They are just very, very selective. So um, your LinkedIn profile is basically your digital CV. And what's great about your LinkedIn profile is that any courses that you take in digital marketing, just stick it up there. So it's already like a digital billboard of your suitability. Um, and then if... Uh, a good recruiter reads your description of uh, the career that you want um, and you're clearly not interested in the old career that you are trying to leave behind um, and they still want to contact you, they're just trying their luck. Um, but you will attract the recruiters that are looking for people who are switching. We like people who are switching industry because you tend to be hungrier than normal. Um, so. Yeah, so that's, that could be one way. So do courses, take those courses uh, with certificates in your LinkedIn profile, put in some thought about how you describe yourself in the, in the profile section of your um, LinkedIn profile. Thank, thank you, Suming. Uh, so uh, I just want to comment quickly. Uh, digital is also happens to be the space where there's a lot of free courses online. Uh, there are lots of like uh, boot camps as well that can teach you in the short term how to transition. But there are lots of free stuff online. And, and I think that if you wanted to transition, there are easy ways to do it. You just need to show the effort la, right? Yeah. that you want to transition. I read, I read a question from uh, a person who posted it up and uh, saying that he cannot afford to pay for some of the courses. Go to Coursera. Coursera has some really, really uh, well-known universities with their syllabus all out there in data um, analytics, um, in all costs, in all types of um, um, discipline that you can imagine. You just need time to do it. 
because it's quite robust. The syllabus is quite robust. There's, um, there's quizzes, there's, there's exams, there are uh, assignments. And Coursera has um, also the paid version where you actually can get your um, degree or diploma, uh, or you can just do it for the knowledge. That um, I'll be very impressed if somebody says, I want to be a digital marketer and then did a Coursera course with or without the service. But then be prepared. Like, I'll ask very deep questions. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just say you're passionate, okay? <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I also want to mention, right, that even though we are talking about like uh, transitioning, I think the question is asking about digital. There's something to note though, and I, I also want, and I mentioned it, and I'm talking about it at a very high level, even at the country level. I think it's very easy to say, oh, let's transition and go digital. Let's transition and go into tech. But not everyone is made for science and technology. I want to first kind of say that. I mean, there's a diversity of talent. Some people are, they're not good. Like no matter how you want to force them to do it, they're not going to be a very good software developer because that's not how they, they function, right? But they could be very good in like sales or they could be very good in, um, you know, like brand marketing, storytelling, but they can't think like a very technical person. So, so for, for people like that, right? Because so, I know this, uh, there seems to be a lot of talk about digitization, which is very good. But I also want to share about if you're not transitioning into a digital role, uh, there are certain industries where, you know, it can happen and it does happen a lot. And in fact, that's probably why I want kind of Don to comment on that because I think finance, like financial services or like life insurance is probably the industry where you see a lot of people actually transitioning to, you know, when yes. they don't have that background. So maybe Don, you want to comment on that? I think um, AIA last year launched a uh, talent program called the Elite Academy. So with that, we actually aim to transform the way how our agency force uh, serve our customer because knowing that uh, that the financial planning needs is increasing and the entire Malaysia market be it a conventional life or takafu markets are totally under penetrate under penetrate means Malaysians are under uh, protected if anything happens to a breadwinner of a family or a business owner or the partners of the business owner, basically we may not be that well planned and well covered and uh, we may leave the situations into a little bit chaotic for the people around to handle. So I think there is still a huge market and room um, for uh, risk management and life insurance to grow in Malaysia. We have not even reached the, the, the penetration like uh, uh, the US or Japan. But having said that, um, Consumer market, uh, our targeted uh, uh, customer, the Malaysians, are getting more and more sophisticated in their needs. So, so the needs is have evolved from a single life insurance policy from maybe my grandparents or my parents' time into a full suit of financial planning. Therefore, the talent that we need to join the workforce has been uh, very different. The background has changed quite a lot. Therefore, AIA launched this program is to acquire talent, professional talent to join us full-time. So uh, to, to produce these professional uh, agents, this life, uh, I will call it financial planner to go out and uh, partner with customer to take a look of their, uh, their financial portfolio. So with that, we are slightly different from uh, 
like Xiaomi or perhaps in a Datuk case that you show me what you have learned, you show me what certification you have gotten. Um, that is to, to, to prove your passion and sincerity uh, to join us. But ours is a little bit different because we're still in the midst of transition. So we provide full source of training. We, in fact, under Elite Academy, we provide a 18 months of training to train you from a person with no domain knowledge at all in uh, financials uh, planning, in insurance products, uh, into someone who are the experts of products, experts of uh, servicing and also uh, sales. So this is a, a little bit different, but uh, we do have a very stringent selection process. We actually have like uh, seven steps, including a profile test and everything. Because again, we do not want um, the public uh, thought that, uh, okay, life insurance is a job that anyone can get into, that anyone can sell a policy. This is no longer the time like that because a life insurance product has gotten so um, complicated, comprehensive to suit the needs. I believe people like, like, uh, like uh, Xiaomi today, if you have a business partner, you may have a key man insurance to cover each other, just in case anything happened to any one of you. And uh, if you are a mother, you may also want the insurance to cover yourself uh, and plan for your, uh, if you have any children, yeah, education, so on and so forth. So it's, it's a complicated thing. It's no longer just a product uh, pushing. So the good thing is because uh, we are transiting, we are attracting uh, talent, we actually have full suits of training in place. Another thing, when uh, you talk about changing job, you need support. We, we, we've mentioned a lot about digitalization, but not every single organization will have that resource to digitalize everything in such a short timing to enable their uh, processes uh, uh, by a digital platform. So, um, therefore, places like AIA, whereby we have started to digitalize a uh, part and uh, part of our process in uh, running our business in uh, maybe five, ten years back. So we will continue uh, to do that. So I think the good thing is if you want to look for a change of job, you may also want to consider whether that particular industry or that job will offer you an opportunity to develop yourself, to help you, to groom you into a professional of that area so that you are able to run the business. The second thing it could be, will you be equipped with the proper tool, process, and support for you to run whatever you need to run. So that could be two uh, consideration for, for someone else who are not actually want to do digital, but they want to use any digital platform to enable their job or their business. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Uh, so we'll take a question from the public, so Brian. Right. Thank you. Um, yeah, the next question was supposed to be career change, but you guys got that covered more or less already. Um, but there is the next question coming up is, do you, does the panel see that companies right now, because they are forced to adapt to, uh, those who can are forced to adapt to work from home, right? Do you see companies even after the MCO or even after the fear of the current situation has died down, uh, do you see companies adapt this work from home model more actively after this? Hmm. Um, perhaps because uh, so as I as I understand, two um, uh, X has uh, always practiced work from home uh, before. So um, I wonder if I can ask Don to comment first, right? Because like AIA probably probably did not do it so much. Do you think yeah. that you might do it a bit more now? 
you know, if it is not, not because of the uh, pandemic situation, I think none of the insurance company will have these large skills of experiment to put everybody working from home. But I think um, in AIA, we agree that uh, this, is, uh, this is a new way of working, which means it's not just for the period of uh, MCO or COVID. And moving forward, we expect the change of behavior and change of uh, way uh, we work. So it could be the new norm. And once we quickly adjust into this, and in fact, we found some, um, it's actually there, there is a lot of plus point working from home. Actually, you can assess to more people. You can attend meeting with people from several place, places without involving uh, traveling time. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I find that uh, I started to like that effectiveness of uh, working from home. Yeah. So we are not a tech-based company, but when we are sort of like fast forward into this environment, I think we appreciate that. And this could be moving forward, a new way of us uh, working. Okay, uh, thank you, Don. But I didn't, I didn't ask this to the, the people who are in tech because, like I mentioned, I assume that you would continue and probably do it a bit more now. Uh, and, and I also believe that a lot of uh, conventional businesses, right, even though like MCO ends, like what Don says, this memory is going to be seared in everyone's mind, right? A lot of business leaders are going to think, oh, if something like this happens again, I don't be crippled. So we need to be able to have that flexibility, right? If we need to. And, and therefore, uh, even though probably no one's going to overnight suddenly say we are, we are mostly working from home, but the ability to work from home will definitely be there. Uh, and, and yeah, so we'll see. Uh, Brian, is there another question from the public? Um, a couple of people have asked this. Um, it's, so before, even before all this has happened, there is a general belief that as you know, uh, AI has become more advanced, there's a lot of automation, it will start replacing a lot of jobs, right? And um, with now, with this current situation on top of it, um, do you see like the, the, the need of hiring people for all these tasks now um, to be less and companies will start employing more automation? Because um, even in crises like this, automation, um, according to the panel, can, according to the viewers, can perform uh, without being severely affected, much like human workers are right now. Mm. So I think this question probably very directly relevant to Dr. Ng and Siumi. Uh, Siumi, maybe you want to take the question? Okay, so um, actually AI is around, it has landed years ago. Um, it's just that a lot of people are uncomfortable um, using it uh, outside of um, manufacturing. Um, actually, if you, if you are like me, like, you know, a bit of an AI hobbyist and junkie who reads a lot of books uh, and articles about it, you'd be surprised about the advancement in AI. A lot of things that we, we regard as very human, creative, impossible for a robot to do, hello, they already can do it. It's just that it's not widely used because it is an unpopular move. Um, because jobs and you, you cannot really transition certain jobs to other jobs. Um, a lot of governments, they are talking about, uh, yeah, we will retrain the people. But as you rightly pointed out, Derek, there are certain people because of the, you know, there are generations of workers in the market. They are not so easily digitized uh, or go into the, the digital environment. So um, there is... Uh, there is this thing where, you know, whether or not businesses adopt more automation 
or robotics uh, will largely depend on how costly it is. So uh, in, in markets where um, you know, jobs are, uh, hiring somebody is very expensive, people will actually invest more in robotics and automation to take, uh, to lower the cost. But uh, in Asia, um, automation is actually uh, not very widespread outside of South Korea and Japan, uh, where these two job markets is actually very expensive to hire people actually. Um, and uh, so uh, in Asia Pacific, uh, sorry, in, in Southeast Asia, uh, we will continue to have people working in very um, laborious manual tasks. I don't think that's going to go away because um, it is, again, the, the, the cost issue. It's cheaper to hire people than to implement a factory that is totally automation. But make no mistake, the, the capability is already there for a long time. Uh, thank you, Simi. Yes, definitely. Just in time. So do you see AI and automation start to take over a lot of jobs that are normally done by a person? Uh, it's a trend because if we talk about form IRL, we, we, we know that it's, it's, it, will, it will happen. Even before this, uh, this uh, situation, we have seen uh, some of the jobs uh, being um, automated uh, through uh, AI. I mean, we are used to this thing called checkbox. A lot of people thought robot means uh, what you see in the in in the movie, where you know you you have some physical uh, creature that is doing the work. Of course, th those will be happening, but more of it, more of this uh, uh, robot is actually software driven. And in your computer, you install certain um, software that will replace some of the work that is traditionally done by human being. That's the first step. Then after that, you go into certain things that's more creative. Uh, we are moving from, a, we call it the narrow narrow AI to the broad uh, AI. Narrow is like you, you're you very specific, right? You just do one task and, and, and it doesn't come with a lot of other um, more generic ability to respond outside of your main domain. But, but the scientists and, and a lot of research uh, companies are doing things like how to make a machine more like a human being. But what, one thing good is that totally replacement is not something we can see in the near future, but a lot of work can naturally be uh, automated. That also means that the, for us, human being, we, we need to, to start looking at how we add value and coexist uh, with this type of work. As to whether all companies will, be, will need to, to hire may not necessarily be the case, but the realization that this is happening and know how to better use this tool is important. Uh, one thing that all of us talk about is data analytics. It's, it's some kind of um, the, the, the step towards AI. And analytics doesn't mean that you need to hire like whole battalion of a, a data professional. You need to have appreciation for analytics. You need to have, have appreciation for data. Because good thing is that some of in, in your in, in, in your team knows how to use this, but you can always work with uh, service providers who are able to get to, to help you to, to, to address some of the technical issues. It starts somewhere. Uh, that is how traditional business can can digitalize their their service. It will happen. And then for the for the people who are looking for jobs, it's important that you start they start now. To, to pick up the skill set.
and and move forward to that. Okay, thank thank you, Datung. Uh, in the interest of time, uh, I want to ask this particular question. In fact, I'm going to try to combine two questions that I really wanted to ask, uh, so that we can kind of get to it. So the question is, and, and I want, and this is directed at a lot of um, uh, people who are about to graduate or recently graduated, or maybe still in their early career. You know, so what advice would you give to someone like this, right? Someone who's a fresh graduate or in their early career, uh, who is about to look for a job now in the current climate, right? What advice would you give them? And also, I'm going to combine the second question, which is now that everyone has more time at home, right? How do they best make use of this time? Considering, obviously, we know that it's going to be more competitive soon in order to land a good job. So I'm trying to combine two and hopefully it works. So what advice would you give a fresh graduate who's about to enter the job market at this time? And how can they best use the time at home now? Right. Uh, perhaps you may like to take this question first. Okay. So definitely the, the job market is in a, uh, previously it was employees market, but really right now we're employers market. So that means uh, employers are going to be way more selective and way less forgiving of candidates with unprofessional behavior. So when I say unprofessional behavior, it's that we, we see it quite often uh, in the past where uh, ghosting happens in interview. They just don't show up um, mm. or candidates are late or they are just not prepared for the interview. If you have behaviors like this, uh, you will stick out like a sore thumb um, and candidates will really have to do more to, to get the same attention that they, they had before. Um, so the, the ones in, in the job right now, uh, don't take things for granted. Companies are going through some really tough times right now. Uh, so show your support, show your understanding, do more if you can, uh, and constantly add value to what you do. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure your bosses will really appreciate that. Um, uh, I guess candidates who would impress me are the ones that really prepare well. Um, you, you should come to the interview with also good questions. And good questions will only come if you actually did research on the industry, on the company, um, that really would differentiate you um, when you say that you're interested in the job. Um, and for those who are starting out, um, especially if you're like uh, fresh graduates uh, or you're, you're in your first or second year or third year of your career, um, know that a lot of employers are looking for people or candidates that are very coachable. Uh, in our industry, the B2B tech marketing industry, uh, we are going to teach you a lot about the industry that you have never knew existed. So there's going to be a lot of humility to admit that you don't know a lot of things. It doesn't matter if you come with some digital marketing experience or you come with a lot of work experience or you come uh, as a top student of your uni. Um, there's a high chance of a very steep learning curve and you have to be humble to start from the bottom. Uh, I, I, I saw a, a, a person asking a question just now where I said, uh, I don't have any, how do I change to an industry that I have no experience in? Uh, you, you, you can start with getting some experience and the market is actually filled with people. If you're a fresh graduate, other people have more job experience than you do they probably have more skills than you do. So um, if the company is not uh, able to give you a permanent position, um, suggest that you start as an intern. 
get that experience in because that will be a huge differentiator compared to somebody who just um, you know keep failing at interviews and not flexible um, this is not what I studied I want to, I, I studied this why are you giving me this kind of work um, the, the honest truth is uh, what you study is very theoretical uh, you don't have a lot of application knowledge therefore uh, we can't give you the glamorous work so some of the work that you may start to, to do uh, in your first especially a fresh grad is, is the unglamorous repetitive work um, and that time is given to you to actually learn and be curious um, what does this entail? Don't just focus on the work that you are given. Be curious about actually why is this work important? Um, a lot of jobs exist not because it's fun to create a job and give it to you. It's, it exists because it serves a function. So I try to understand what is the larger picture. What do other people do that is different from yours? And then try to like learn as much as, as fast as possible. In any new job, there is this 30 day, 30 day to 90 day probation. Uh, a lot of people don't understand the, the, the function of the job probation. It is actually a continuation of the interview process. Uh, the interview doesn't stop when you get the offer and you join the company. The interview stops when the employer or the manager feels that you have something, I can teach you more. I can invest more in you. At the same time, don't be fake lah. If you're not interested in the job, it's going to be hard to, to learn more things. I guess the advice would be try to be flexible, flexible, humble, and learn as fast as you can. Thank you, Sumi. I just want to comment on something uh, 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 in that. Yes, uh, what Sumi mentioned is very spot on. Some of you might have to be prepared to take an extended internship. Uh, take an extended internship, sorry. Uh, because you might have a company that they like you, you know, but just that maybe there's so many uncertainties that they can't afford to hire someone full time. And if you're if you really like the role and you, you actually think they're willing to take the bet, you might have to take an extended internship to kind of prove that they should take you on full time. And also, like how Sumi described the probation period to be an also an extended interview, right? So interview doesn't end there. You're actually still being interviewed, but now you're you're actually interviewed based on your work. So I have had a lot of experience with people, um, not, not just from working in WAP, uh, but even before, you know, when their probation ends, let's say they get confirmed, uh, their probation, they ask, oh, do I get a pay rise? And then I always jokingly say, you're not promoted, but you've just proven that you can do the job that you're hired for. <laughs> you've been confirmed for the job that you're in probation for. So, um, so what I'm trying to say is basically mindsets and expectations have to shift a bit, uh. And, and a lot of, uh, and it will help all of you succeed if you can see it that way. Uh, Don, maybe you want to comment on this as well? Like, um, so what advice would you give a fresh graduate about to enter the job market and perhaps some of the things they can do now at home? I think Sumi has given a pretty comprehensive uh, view of uh, everything, starting from the fundamental, that, uh, the attitude. I was just about to say, uh, be a humble, curious uh, learner, that uh, be flexible and don't just stick to this is what I, uh, I am a first-class degree uh, holder in this particular subject, and then you couldn't change anymore. So about, I, I like what Subi mentioned about do not expect a very glamorous job right away that will just dawn to your doorstep. I think um, be ready to go extra miles 
because every uh, different opportunity uh, that comes to you, uh, grab the opportunity to, to learn more. When you're willing to go extra miles, you're willing to take up more things which is outside of what you have learned, you are actually giving yourself a chance to learn things which is that you've never seen before throughout your entire uh, 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 college life and things. Yeah. But I, I would like to emphasize a little bit more on now people are staying at home that we are seeing a lot of people posting on social media is either cooking or, or playing or what. <laughs> I think spend more time to, to learn. There are many channels to learn. I think uh, you can learn online. You can learn by reading a book. If you are truly passionate or interested in a particular industry, I think it's the best ever timing for you to focus on uh, upgrading yourself. Yeah, getting a degree is just a beginning. There's a lot more after that. So I think uh, it, is a, it is a good opportunity for you to upgrade yourself. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Don. So just building on Don's comment that, you know, you should also use the time to learn at home. I know sometimes um, learning doesn't automatically feel good, like that, you know, that may not have like an association with a fun feeling. But if you are, but you've actually realized online, there are so many different mentors that you might find someone whose style you actually like. So for example, like I, I like to watch uh, videos on psychology, on marketing, but it doesn't mean I watch every video, but there's some people who explain it in a way that I, I enjoy listening to them explaining it this way. So I follow them. So these are things that you can do. Like. So let's say if you want to learn digital, right? If you, if you look at the course and you feel like I can't connect with it, maybe look at another course. You will find something that you like, right? Same with, let's say you're interested in like financial services. So you might feel like it's a bit dry, but you will find a mentor or someone teaching something that you can understand and you can connect to. So use that approach. Dr. Ung, like to comment on that question? Yeah, I would like to say, share, because I think Pasumi uh, and Don has, uh, has mentioned a lot already. Um, number one is that regardless of employer-employer market, employer always look for some uh, the, the right candidate. I will not be because... Uh, I need someone and I just hire anybody. So come prepare is really important. Earlier, I mentioned that digital work is in demand. For sure, it, it is in demand. But doesn't mean that because in, in, in demand, I don't have to be uh, equipped with the right skill set and expect to, expected to be, to be hired. It doesn't work this way anymore. That's, that's, that's the first thing. And to add to some of this advice, I think uh, we look at, because I interview a lot of people as well, I, I, I agree with Sumi because if you want to work in my organization, you don't even know what I do. So, and then say that you're passionate about this job, I, I, I'll have a big question mark about that. And I also look at people who has right uh, uh, problem-solving skill. Because when we hire somebody, we want someone to come in and do something and help me to solve problems. So the ability to solve problems is really, really key. Uh, if let's say you're a fresh grad, Okay, you, you can still build out your credential. Maybe you have done some work in the university. You can relate to what your experience in doing maybe some of the non-paying job in the society and all bring it and relate to the job that you are applying to. I think that is going to be helpful uh, as well. Um, talking about learning from home. Yeah, it's really tough because I tried it before and I, I noticed that what will motivate me to continue to complete it is I set a target for myself. You know, let's say I say I want to be certified for this or I want to pass this quiz. I want to pass this exam. It's like you're back to school, but 
But some, but I, of course, I only have myself to motivate me. It it does work. If you just say that, okay, when I have some free time, I just go in and look at something. Uh, most people do not have the discipline, but set a target for yourself. It really help you to push to the end because you know that, okay, I'm close to getting there, to get myself recognized and certified. That will help. Um, the other thing I want to share is I just saw somebody was talking about it's very expensive to go for training. Yeah, Coursera is one of it. In fact, MDAC, we compile a whole list of free training as well as some uh, very uh, heavily discounted training. Uh, I would like to promote a bit. There's hashtag digital versus COVID. Go in. There's a whole list of uh, online learning that people can, can learn. Uh, if some of the, uh, of course, uh, more uh, longer-term training, uh, can also approach uh, MDAC and uh, we'll find ways to, to, to link you up to some of the training so that you can learn. Uh, this is the best time to learn because you are less, uh, uh, less interfere from, from, from anyone. So nobody's going to come and, and catch you so much. Um, please uh, learn something. Okay, thank you, Datung. So I first want to thank all the panelists for being here and sharing your time, like it's a whole 90 minute conversation. And actually, I imagine we could go on and on and on. There's so many questions that we haven't actually managed to answer. Um, so I kind of like, like to summarize it quite quickly. Uh, first, I want to highlight that, uh, you know, I, I just noticed that the, the panel today is a great testament for women in leadership. So <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you know, that's an interesting yeah. system. You find most panels are mostly men. But we have like, uh, you know, uh, uh, all women panel. So that's really good. Um, uh, the, uh, one of the key highlights, I think, from today's conversation is that it is going to shift from an employee's market to an employer's market. So for those who don't understand what this means, an employee's market basically means that the, uh, the job seeker chooses jobs, right? Like the, com the employer has to compete a bit harder to hire good people. Right, so the demand is coming from the employer side. Now it will be a big shift where it is the employer that's choosing who they want to hire. They have more choice, so the demand is coming from the job seeker side. So if you're an employee, you actually have to work harder to secure a good job. And understanding this is very crucial. But but then it follows on to the second point. If you listen to how you know whether you're 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 a transition you intend to transition to a different industry whether it's digital or let's say financial services right there are ways to do it all the different companies or organizations have actually picked people from different industries before there are ways to transition so and the only question of whether you're able to transition is kind of up to you right like whether you're actually going to put in the time to actually pick up the skills that are needed uh, or, or, or do the uh, or even like take the risk of transitioning like if you wanted to the option is there right there are ways you can actually do it so despite the very challenging market I mean if you are here you're listening to this right I imagine most of you are probably already the type that will be very proactive right the fact that you're willing to spend your time listening to this 90 minute conversation so you're probably going to be okay but just understanding that is very important right? like you can if you want to there are ways to do it Right, so uh, even though it's going to shift the employer market, so um, so thank you everyone also for listening and and uh, being here. I believe I hope that um, I believe all of them are on LinkedIn, so you can also connect with them directly if you want to. 
uh, Dr. Ng, Ms. Yumi, with Don, and uh, you can continue some of your conversations over there. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys keep following us and uh, we can, you know, we can pick it up again uh, at some point. Okay, so all the best, everyone. And thank you again to the panelists for being here. Thank you for listening to the Hello Mentor podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you're trying to have a great career or if you want to succeed in business, um, you will benefit from really, really getting to learn from some of the most inspiring people in Malaysia. And hopefully you can replicate some of that success yourself. Uh, we have many, many more amazing people joining us soon and we expect to release an episode once every two weeks. So again, do hit that subscribe button to our podcast and you will be notified when the next episode is up. Also, this podcast is supported by WAP, the leading professional youth jobs platform in Malaysia. So if you're looking to hire great talent or if you're looking for a new job, do also check us out at wobjobs.com. That's W-O-B-B-Jobs.com. Thank you again, and I look forward to share the next episode with you soon.